Hi, welcome again to another episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, a podcast where we study the scriptures together, where we learn and where we grow and where we challenge our faith. Today's episode, When the Scriptures Become Real, is on God's promises. You know, when we think about the promises of God, and we think in from the scriptures from Genesis all the way uh, to Revelation, when he talks about the promises for us, God has always been so consistent with what he said he was going to do. And, you know, the question that we need to ask ourselves is, are we consistent with how we say we're going to live our lives for him? Because he's so consistent for us. And so we're going to look into that today. Uh, But before we get into our positive quote for the day, I just want to give you a little background of why we're doing this today. This is actually kind of an audible. Uh, But yesterday here where I live in the St. Louis area, we had a really bad, bad storm the other day. And, uh, you know, it was rain, it was wind, it, it got really bad. But uh, after the storm, a, a yellow sunset just hit around everything. And I happened to be at work at the at the time, and I was driving the company car, and I got out of the car after I dropped it off, and I looked in the sky, and I saw a rainbow. But it was just a normal one. It, it was a double rainbow. And it's been it's been so long since I've seen one. You know, we read about it in the scripture, we see pictures of it, but just to see the brightness and the beauty of that rainbow and to see and just to think every time that that bow is there, that's a promise of God. It it was an amazing teaching moment. You know, I remember as a child, the first rainbow I ever saw, you know, my mom and dad, they took me out and they said, every time you see that rainbow, that's God's promise. And we're going to look into that more today. Uh, but but our positive quote for the day, uh, it simply says this: "The Lord may deny or may delay His promises, but He will never deny them." You know that's the thing that we need to make sure that we check ourselves as Christians. Sometimes, yes, God promises us a lot of things, but when we don't get it in the time that we want it, we think He's forgotten about us. Then uh, we start to uh, say, "Oh, woe is me!" You know, we have to be patient. You know, it might not be time for you yet. It might not be time because you may not be ready for the blessing that the Lord has for you. And so we have to learn how to trust him and we have to learn to wait on his time. All right. Now, let's go to our text here. We're going to look at at two two texts here. And we're going to go to Genesis first. Genesis chapter 9. Now, remember here, this is the account of the flood. And we have uh, the flood waters have already receded uh, at this point. And by this point, God is talking to Noah. And I want you to look at what God says here. If we go to uh, Genesis chapter 9, Genesis chapter 9, and if we go down to verse, let's actually start in verse 11, Genesis 9, 11, and look at what the scripture says here. And I will establish my covenant or my promise with you. Neither shall all flesh be cut off anymore by waters of a flood. Neither shall there any more be a flood to destroy the earth. And God said, this is the token of the covenant which I have made between me and you and every living creature that is with you for perpetual generations. I do set my bow in the cloud and it shall be for a token of the covenant between me and the earth. And it shall come to pass when I bring a cloud over the earth that the bow shall be seen in the cloud. And I will remember my covenant, which was between me and you and every living creature and all flesh. And the water shall be no more become a flood to destroy the flesh. 
and the bow shall be in the cloud, and I will look upon it, that I may remember the everlasting covenant between God and every living creature of all flesh that is upon the earth. It was just, it was just wonderful just to see that yesterday. You know, I've, I've seen a rainbow before. I'm pretty sure that you've seen a rainbow before, but it, it's been so long since I've actually seen one in person. Just to see how terrible a storm can be. Just to see how terrible the winds and the waters and how everything around you at one point in time can be so bad. But at the end of all of the storms, God's promise is still there. And the great thing about it is the bow that I saw yesterday, it was literally, it was like like the arch since I live in St. Louis. It was like the St. Louis arch. And it was literally inside of two different clouds. And when I read this text after I saw it, I was like, wow, God is remembering his promise that he made so long ago to Noah. God is so consistent with his promise. But I think there's there's another application there as well. You know, we have storms in our lives, especially as Christians. And when you live your life, when you try to do the right things, when you try to be faithful, sometimes you feel like the work that you're putting in, you're not receiving enough. Sometimes you feel like, well, why am I doing this? Why am I being faithful? Why am I doing all the right things, but all the wrong things are happening? I don't, I don't understand. We have to remember in those moments, in the storm of our life, in our storms of faith, we have to understand that God will always keep his promise, even though at the moment you may not be able to see it. You see, one thing about God's promises, it will be fulfilled always. But on our part as humans, we need to have faith, we need to have trust, and we need to have patience. If you don't have those three things, you will always quit because you don't see what's happening at the moment, and so you'll, you'll give up. But faith looks forward, and faith looks in the future. Faith doesn't look at the here and now. Faith looks at, okay, maybe I'm not ready for such and such. Put whatever you want there. But God has a plan, and I have to wait on that. And the bow in the cloud from Genesis all the way in Genesis chapter 9 to yesterday, it still holds true that no matter what, God will always keep his promise. And I want you to notice something very special here. If you go back to Genesis chapter 9, and I believe it's verse 12, look at what the end of the verse says. I make the promise between me and you and every living creature that is with you. But watch this for perpetual generations. When I read that part, perpetual generations, I thought of myself. I thought of you. Think about this perpetual generations. This promise was made so long ago and God is still keeping it. It's just amazing the things that he can do. And so this is just more evidence for us to trust him no matter what. Let's look at the second example. Let's go to a couple chapters ahead. Let's go to Genesis chapter uh, chapter 12. And I want you to note the, the promise or the covenant that God made uh, to Abram. Genesis 12 verse 1. Now the Lord said unto Abram, Get thee out of thy country and from thy kindred and from thy father's house unto a land that I will show thee. But I will make thee a great nation and I will bless thee and make thy name great and thou shalt be a blessing. And I will bless them that bless thee, and curse them that curse thee. And in thee shall all families of the earth be blessed. 
So that's the promise to Abram. Abram, you will be a great man. You will have perpetual seed, just as Noah was told about uh, God's promise. But there was one problem in the eyes of Abram. I'm an old man now. How can I have a son? My wife, she is of old age. The, her womb is dead. How, how can I have a son? How can that promise be fulfilled, God? I think one part that we miss, when we, especially when we study about Abram, we miss how much Abram really had to trust in God. Think about how impossible Abram's situation was. God tells him the promise, yes, but he's old. There's no way he can have a son. His wife is old. There's no way that she can have a son. Physically impossible situations were put in front of Noah after the promise of God. But did that, or Abram, I'm sorry, but did that stop Abram from trusting in God that when whatever comes out of God's mouth, no matter how impossible it looks to me, no matter how it just doesn't seem like it's going to happen for me, do I trust him enough that it's going to happen? And Abram trusted in God. But think about this. This promise was given to Abram. But again, year after year after year after year after year passed by. Still no son. Still no son. You see, after time passes by, sometimes we as humans start to think, you know what, that promise that God gave me so long ago, I think he's forgotten about me. Why Why is it that I don't have a son? And I, we talked about this in a previous podcast, but to bring it back up again, one thing that really stops us as humans from trusting in God is time. When we look at time and we don't see things happening in our timetable, then that's when we start to distrust God. And the other part of that is looking around at everyone else. You see, this is what we do. If God has a promise to me and it's not fulfilled in me yet, but I see why is things happening for this person? Why are things happening for this person? How come that person is doing great? How come that person is doing great? God, have you forgotten about me? God, I don't understand. Year after year, I'm waiting for this promise, but it's not coming. Those are the two things that stops us as humans from really trusting in God. It's time and looking around at everybody else. But you have to trust God enough. And I'm speaking to myself too. I have to trust God enough that no matter what's going on with everyone else, rejoice, I'll rejoice with them that rejoice. That's great that they have this and that and this. I want to weep with those that weep. Yes, that's great. But do I trust God enough? That when things aren't happening for me at the moment, do I trust him enough to say, God, in your time, such and such will happen? Do I trust him enough? And I want you to notice, Abram did. Well, how do you know that? Well, let's let the scripture prove it. Let's go back. Let's go to Romans uh, chapter 4. And again, I hope, I hope you're using your Bible as I'm using mine because... I don't want you just to trust my word. I don't want you to trust what I'm saying. I want you to look it up for yourself. And that's the thing about, about Christianity. Look it up for yourself. Always look it up for yourself. Because God, again, his mouth has the final word, not what I say. All right? So, let's go to Romans chapter 4. And I want you to look at the relationship that Abram and Moses had. All right. 
verse, uh, let's start in verse, um, verse 3, and we're going to skip around here. Verse 3 of chapter 4 of Romans. For what set the scripture? Abram, watch this, believed God. You see, do you believe God? Do you believe God when things are good? It's easy to do that. It's easy to do that when things are going your way. When there's no adversity, when there's no struggle, when you're not putting impossible situations. It's easy, easy to believe God then. But what if in your mind you're put in a situation where it seems so impossible to solve? Will you and will I believe God? Abram did. He believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. Now, I want to jump to verse 18. Now, look at this. Oh, let's jump with verse 17. I'm sorry. As, as it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before him whom he believed, even God who quickeneth, who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Who, watch this, who against hope, against hope, against impossible situations God I'm, I'm so old my wife is so old there's no way we can have a son who against hope watch this he believed in hope do you believe in hope do you believe in God that and no matter that no matter what situation you're put in God I believe that you're gonna you're gonna solve this and you're gonna do it in your way and in your time and when you want it done do you believe that? Who against hope believed in hope that he might become the father of many nations according to that which was spoken, so shall thy seed, so shall thy seed be. Well, Abram, how can you do that? How can you believe God in such an impossible situation? I'll show you. Next verse. And being not weak in faith. That's how he was able to do it. His faith in God was not weak. Did he make some mistakes along the way? Yes. He allowed his wife to say, why don't you go with Hagar? Maybe she's the one. No. Did he fall? Yes, he fell. He was a human. He, he fell. But his faith was not weak. Is your faith weak? Is my faith weak? Sometimes we really have to self-examine ourselves and really look at our faith. And look at this. Being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body, which was now dead when he was about 100 years old, neither the deadness of Sarah's womb. The amount of trust that Abraham had to have. I believe God so much that physically as a human, I know the situation's impossible, but because God said it, I know it's going to happen. Even though I'm 100, even though the womb of my wife is dead, God said it was going to happen. I believe him. I believe him. Do you believe him? God said for you and for me that he would always be with us. Always. Do you believe that? Even when you're put in an impossible situation in your mind, when you think a situation can't get better, when you think there's no way things can can be like they were. God can help you. But your faith can't be weak. It can't be weak. 
And so let's keep going. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. Watch this. But he was strong in faith, giving glory to God. And he was fully persuaded what he, God, had promised. He was fully able to perform. That's what we have to do. That's how Moses gave or Abram gave us the formula. Have faith. Can't be weak in faith, number one. Then number two, don't stagger at the promise of God. Believe it with all of your heart. And then you have to believe that he's fully able to perform. Remember when he met those men and one of them said, is anything too hard for the Lord? That's what you need to ask yourself and myself in any situation. When you feel like things are impossible, when you feel like there's no help for you, when you feel like you're all alone, is anything too hard for the Lord? Is Jordan's situation too hard for the Lord? Is your situation too hard for the Lord? The answer is no. It may be too hard for you, it may be too hard for me, but it's not too hard for him. He can do anything and he is able to perform. He was able to do it. And that's how he was able to obtain the promise. And that's how you and I will be able to obtain the promise. So the scripture becomes real when we talk about the promises of God. I hope you enjoyed that. Um, I enjoyed studying about that, especially Romans chapter 4. When you're feeling down, when you're feeling like you can't trust God, when you feel like you're weak in faith, when you feel like you don't understand the things happening in your life at this moment, read this over and over and over and over again. Just those four verses. Just read it again. Because God is not a respecter of persons. If he could do that for Noah, if he could do that for Abraham, he could do that for me. And he can do it for you. And so continue to trust him. Don't stagger at his promise. And no matter what, whether the storm is blowing through, believe that he's able to perform. But here's, here's, the, here's the final warning. You have to let him work. You have to give him time. You may be impatient and you may jump in and try to fix things on your own. And you may try to find out the answers to everything. Don't do that. You'll end up hurting yourself, really. You got to trust him. Give him time. Let him work. You may not understand why things have to happen the way they are now, but you got to trust him. So let him do his work. Really, leave God alone. Let him do his thing. All you have to do and all I'm responsible for is no matter what circumstance or situation that I'm and you're put in, just trust him and have faith and allow him to do his work. And you'll be able to see that just as those men obtain the promise, you will too. All right, I hope you enjoyed this episode of When the Scriptures Become Real. Again, uh, you can follow this on, on YouTube. Look it up on YouTube, When the Scriptures Become Real. You can also follow on LinkedIn on the LinkedIn account. Just look up my name, Jordan Pugh, and they'll all be there. And there will also be some articles there uh, that you can read as well. Uh, you can also follow on Twitter. Look up uh, When the Scriptures Become Real. Or just look up PewJ25, and you can find uh, the media links uh, to that as well there. And then pretty soon, uh, where I am at the Collinsville Church, it will also be on the Collinsville Church of Christ Facebook page. Um, but that will come uh, a little later, but we'll give you that information when it comes. All right, thank you so much for listening. 
and continue to grow in faith, continue to challenge your faith, and continue to always, no matter what, trust God.